You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, welcome to the Housing for the Age Action Group show, Raise the Roof, uh, here on 3CR, 8.55am. My name's Shane and I'm here with Fiona. Um, how are you doing, Fiona? I'm okay, Shane. How are you? Great. Uh, loving this week of extraordinary colonial violence from the Victorian state, uh, attacking sacred birthing trees to make some stupid road um, and, and hiding behind the, the tail end of lockdown. Um, but that's quite, it's pretty far from the, the remit of this show, I guess. Um, Fiona, what are we going to hear about this week? Today, we're going to hear the second part of our forum on LGBTI, older people at risk of homelessness. We played the first part of that last show. Um, and so today, we're going to hear from two people. Um, we'll hear again from Joe Ball, the CEO of Switchboard Victoria, who introduces the speakers um, because they were the host on the day. And the first person is Tonya, and she's from the Australian Association of Gerontology. And she talks about her review that she did on LGBTI ageing research on housing needs and preferences. And she looked at research done over the last 10 years all over the world and found that there's unsurprisingly not that much there for older people and LGBTI housing needs. Um, and then the second person that we're going to hear from is a, um, a gentleman that we came across through our project whose name is Buzz Rainbow Wolf. And he lives in um, the western region of Victoria, probably quite near to where those trees are getting chopped down. Um, yeah, so he talks about his difficulties in um, finding housing as an older gay man. So should we go straight into it? Yeah, let's hear it. Sounds great. Yeah, it's good. Our next speaker is... Uh, uh, Tonya Segbazi. Um, and, and Tonya Segbazi is a Senior Policy and Research Officer at the Australian Association of Gerontology. Tonya has 25 years in legal and policy roles in the corporate, public and not-for-profit sectors, including senior roles at Phillips Fox Lawyers, Victorian Legal Aid, Legal Services Board and the Department of Human Services and Volunteering Victoria. Welcome to the screen, Tonya. Hello. Hello, everyone. My name is Tonya Segbedzi and I'm from the Association of Gerontology. And I'm here today to give you a quick overview of our rapid evidence assessment on LGBTI ageing research on housing needs and preferences. I'm just going to try and share my screen with you. So just bear with me for a moment. So uh, just before I start, I'd like to acknowledge that I am speaking to you from Jarjarwarung country and to acknowledge their elders past and present, and to note that their land was never ceded. I'd also like to thank my colleague, Dr. Sandra South, who co-wrote this paper with me. 
So the aims of our paper were to develop recommendations for policy improvements based on an analysis of the available LGBTI ageing research on housing needs and to identify any key gaps in the evidence base. Um, our research was based on an uh, AAG scoping review of um, LGBTI ageing research more broadly, which we did in October last year. And that review is available on our website and I recommend it to you if you are looking for any research about LGBTI older people. It's very helpfully um, classified into categories which make it easy for you to find what you need. It was a systematic search of academic and grey literature about LGBTI people and ageing or dementia. That review found around 53 publications on the issue of housing and uh, we then excluded uh, some of them for relevant reasons. For example, they were very old or they weren't really about housing. Um, and we manually analysed the full text of the remaining 29 publications. And here are some of the results that we came up with. Uh, firstly, the research that we looked at was basically from the last 10 years. And we saw that there was a very slight increase in 2016 and 2017. Unfortunately, we only found three publications from Australia and one from New Zealand. The rest were from Europe and the United States. The main types of studies we found were opinion pieces and descriptive studies, and also studies that explored the relationships between particular issues. Um, I guess as to be expected, most of the publications were about lesbian, gay and bisexual people. There were a few um, publications that claimed that they were about trans and gender diverse people and people living with intersex variations. But when we looked at them more closely, we, we found that there were actually very few such people included in their studies. The most commonly explored topics were uh, research issues, which I'll talk a bit more about later, discrimination and um, LGBTI specific housing needs. So some of our key learnings were that, um, as, as has been mentioned by Fiona, there's little or no um, LGBTI specific housing currently available, apart from in the United States. Although we are aware of two developments that are still um, in the planning stages in Australia. We found lots of evidence of discrimination um, in housing uh, in Australia and in the United States. And this, there were higher levels of this discrimination for trans and gender diverse people and people of colour. In addition, and I think Fiona also mentioned this, there was a very widespread um, fear of discrimination. Uh, the majority of older LGBTI people want to live in gay only or gay friendly retirement housing. But there are diverse views about whether people prefer one type over the other. And in particular, there was some evidence that women would prefer women only or lesbian only accommodation above mainstream accommodation. And there were also some people that would prefer alternative types of housing styles beyond the traditional retirement, such as co-housing. Uh, as uh, the Haag survey clearly found, affordability of housing is a major concern amongst older LGBTI people. And there are some groups within the rainbow communities that earn less than average. For example, lesbians, trans and gender diverse people, and people of colour. Uh, the research identified a range of needs that were LGBTI specific, and they included things like housing for singles, because there are a lot of older people who live alone, 
they talked about the critical need for housing that provides cultural and physical safety, particularly around trans and gender diverse people. They talked about the need for that housing to also be connected in some way to the wider LGBTI community. Uh, as Fiona has mentioned, the, there's a desperate need for rental housing options for older people who don't own their own home. And there's a real need for support services in addition to um, bricks and mortar. Uh, there were some uh, uh, intersectional issues identified where there's some groups that have um, you know, uh, particular needs over and above the general rainbow communities, and that um, related to people, uh, trans and gender diverse people, people of colour, people with disabilities, women in some cases, people living in rural and regional areas, and people with caregiving responsibilities. My colleague, Dr. Sandra South, conducted an assessment of the quality of the research evidence that we looked at. And overall, the quality of that evidence was low to very low due to um, issues of bias um, resulting from the research methods used and some of um, other study limitations, which are actually identified in many of the papers themselves. Nonetheless, both of us found, uh, felt that the included studies provided really valuable insights into the needs and preferences um, and experiences of older LGBTI people. But for the future, there is a real need for higher quality research evidence with a low risk of bias that will show us what does and does not work to meet older people's housing needs. So based on the results and learnings, AAG made 15 additional recommendations, in, in, and that's over and above the general research recommendations that we've made in our scoping review last year. Um, I won't go through all of those due to um, restrictions on time, uh, but you can read more about those recommendations in our paper. I just wanted to highlight um, and I guess reinforce what Fiona said, and that is that some of the key recommendations relate to the need for additional data on which research can be based, and uh, that we need to invest in, so recommendation number 15, that we need the government to invest in high quality research on housing and homelessness for older LGBTI people, and that we need that research uh, to focus specifically on Australian issues, and it needs to also focus on underrepresented groups, and they include uh, trans and gender diverse people, people with intersex variations, people with disabilities, and people of colour. So it's my great pleasure now to uh, officially launch this report and uh, to let you know that you can read the full details of the report at our website. I've just given you our basic website address there because the specific link is quite long, but hopefully uh, Ruben can put it up on the chat box for you. So our website is www.aag.asn.au. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tonya. And as someone who's read the report, that was a really great you know, overview of the content that's in there. And you know, I too lend my voice to the argument about data. And um, the report really goes through talking about the issues about when you know there are surveys that have dealt with LGBTI um, QA plus people in Victoria, like the Victorian Population Survey. But when you drill down to um, the older people's data, it's just it's just too small to be useful. Um, and that's a recurring theme. I really encourage all the um, data nerds, which I say with such endearment as a data nerd myself. 
or the data nerds to really like um, who are listening today and all the people who ever write grants and the policy heads to really um, you know do a deep dive into the report and really look at that you know I think they've covered off really well like what are the gaps and um, and what are the issues. So thank you, thank you Tonya and Fiona for spending that time with us today to go through the report. Um, and it is, I, I, can, I can guarantee you it is an easy read. It's a hard read content wise, but it is an easily accessible read, which is fantastic. Um, and now I have the pleasure of introducing a lived experience speaker um, and who's with us today. And um, his name is Buzz Rainbow Wolf. And it's an absolute pleasure to bring you to the screen, Buzz. Um, and I, I'd just like to say there's 115 people tuned in today and uh, it's a fantastic showing. And I, I look forward to being able to um, hand over to you, Buzz, to, to, to bring that lived experience to today's launch. Thank you, Joe. Hi. Uh... My name's Buzz. Um, I'm currently living um, in the West Wimmera Shire in Victoria. Um, I am currently um, in the process of trying to house myself. Um, I'm in the process of um, being an owner builder and building uh, myself a house. Um, I've got my house to pass lock up, um, but I'm uh, basically uh, struggling to uh, push on from there. Um, financially, uh, I've had to take out a mortgage, um, which I've put into my house build. Um, I'm on, on a disability pension, so um, my funds are actually quite limited and I've uh, basically used um, my superannuation to um, to buy my land originally um, and uh, so all my funds uh, basically over the last uh, three years have gone into my house build and um, so my experience of um, being at risk I guess of homelessness in terms of my current situation is that unless I can actually complete my build, um, I don't have officially somewhere to live. Um, so I have to get my house up to a certain standard to pass to get an occupancy uh, certificate from the building surveyor uh, from the council. And, um, and I'm hoping I can do that, but, um, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's quite a struggle. And, uh, some of the issues that I've had to deal with um, is that when I first got my land, um, I um, was living in a, a government housing in South Australia and basically um, the, um, when I put a caravan on my property, um, which I bought with my disability super payout, um, the um, Office of uh, housing SA, they basically wanted to evict me and so they basically encouraged me to leave so um, otherwise I would have had a black mark on my, na on my name so um, with the housing co uh, cooperative so so basically um, I was kind of encouraged to to leave um, and live, live in my caravan which had no power no water so 
Um, so I had to basically um, deal with that situation. So, um, and that was quite uh, frustrating. Um, I was getting mixed messages from the council um, initially, but they were okay with me doing that. Um, and then I um, received a notification that that wasn't okay, that, uh, that they had policies and bylaws in place that I couldn't live on my, on my land, even though I owned it. So, um, and so I was kind of caught in this kind of limbo situation and it wasn't um, really good for my mental health <laughs> um, and all my physical health really. Um, and so, um, so luckily I was seeing someone at the time, so I was able to spend a bit of time at their place. So, um, and I sort of basically was able to, um, through a legal settlement, um, to pursue um, building a house on my, on my land. And so, um, and I was able to start that journey off. But I, uh, that was really difficult on, um, being a pensioner and uh, the cost of uh, building a house is, uh, incredibly um, sort of difficult because you have to estimate a certain cost of works and then uh, my cost of works blew out by about 40,000 uh, and that's just continued to go up. Um, so initially I owned my land outright and I had to basically give my certificate of title back to the bank to get um, a small loan, which was about twenty-five thousand, to uh, boost my capacity to, fin you know, to complete my build. So um, I haven't been able to do that. I still don't have running water. I still don't have electricity. Um, I am sort of in the in the later stages of my house build, but I'm not quite there yet. And uh, I don't have any physical, uh, any financial resources anymore or the capacity to take out further loans. I just can't, as a, as a pensioner, it's, uh, the banks just won't do that. Um, and I'm not um, eligible for any assistance, like even the first homeowner grant, which a, um, a person would, um, a new home builder would be able to instantly access. Um, as an owner builder, I can't access that until my build is complete and I've got my occupancy certificate. And I've had um, issues with the State Revenue Office trying to see if they would, with the COVID situation, give me a bit of leeway there, um, but they're not willing to do that. So um, there's really no help from the government as a pensioner, as a low income person, um, struggling to house yourself, there's no support or assistance um, from the government really. Um, and as an owner builder, even though you invest all your resources, all your money into, into this build, far more than what a new homeowner generally does, who goes to um, say like a, a builder, um, you know, they get the first home ad grant, the $20,000 um, in regional Victoria and um and they get that support but as an as an owner builder you don't so um so that's been quite difficult to deal with um 
and if I can get my house up to a certain standard, um, and I'm not far off that, but there's still a few things that are really challenging, but I'm just plugging away and doing the best I can. So I'm hoping that I can house myself at some stage in the future, but I don't know. It could all go bad, badly, and, you know, and then I could be, you know, in a difficult situation. Um, uh, as I said, because uh, while I'm building, the council will let me stay on the land um, and the building surveyor um, has approved that. So that's okay. Um, if I wasn't building, um, I wouldn't be able to stay there. So, um, and yet, um, you know, I own the land. That's where, that's where I live. That's where, um, you know, that's where my driver's license is. That's where my Centrelink is. That's where, um, that's my home. So, and I'm very tied to my land. I'm trying to build a permaculture type farm and I wanted to create a space that I could share with other um, HIV positive gay men um, who were at risk of, of, you know, needing somewhere to live. So, um, or perhaps some respite in the country. So, um, I'm hoping that um, in the future that, that I will have that space to, to do that. Um, so um, I guess that's essentially my, um, my situation. Um, and uh, I uh, participated in the report because I see the need uh, for, um, to support um, other LGBTIQ elders and uh, and I have seen you know the consequences in my own life with other people friends lovers etc in the past that have had uh, challenges with um, with housing themselves and stuff um, or being at risk so um, and yeah it's really important uh, what what had done and this report and I hope that some really good policy development is taken on board by the government to um, create a better situation um, going forward. Um, I am really concerned about the budget from the government. Um, the federal government's really not giving anything uh, in terms of support for, uh, for people with housing and homelessness and they tend to and the, the uh, trend seems to be to withdraw funding. So that's uh, federally and that's um, really disappointing. So um, anyway, um, that's about all I can really say, but um, thank you for, for um, letting me share um, my story. Thank you. Thanks, Buzz. I think, um I think it's really, I think your story is really, I know people will be really able to relate to your story and you have such an honor, honorable mission um, of what you want to do with your property. And I could see lots of people in the chat was, were wishing you good luck with that and cheering you. Yeah, up. I saw that. That's great. Thank so you. Um, I think there's a lot of people I, I know that have had conversations about where we, where we want to be when we're older. And a lot of us want to be in community. Um, and around like-minded people and have our family, our chosen family around us. So I think exactly. like, a lot of us could relate to your, your mission that you have ahead of you and, and all the best with that. Um, well, thank you. 
So you're listening to 3CR Raise the Roof, 855 on the AM dial. And we just heard from our panel on LGBTI older persons housing issues. And if you want a copy of the report or you want to read more about the issue and what we've been doing in that space, you can go onto our website, which is oldertenants.com.au and look at the events and you'll see the event there. And we're hoping to put up some video of that event too, in case you were unable to attend. So we mentioned at the top of the show that um, Vic Rhodes is currently in the process of destroying trees that are sacred to the Jaburung people in Western Victoria. And obviously this isn't really particularly housing related, but in solidarity with the indigenous people of that area who's um, been fighting to protect those trees for some time, we wanted to direct you to some things that are happening if you want to get involved. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon as far as we know, the police are there at the moment. And so things may have changed by the time this goes to air. So we suggest that you jump onto their website and have a look um, if you want to get involved. That's dwembassy.com. And you can also go to a, um, a protest that's been organised for Friday at Vic Roads um, to protest against the senseless destruction of these very old and important trees. And you can find the information out about that on Facebook. Um, so yeah, please get involved, even though it may not seem housing related, everything is connected and this is part of ongoing cultural genocide and colonial expansion in Australia, which obviously um, impacts on everybody in the country. Yeah, I mean, you, you say that it's not obviously housing related, and I guess that's true, but kind of the whole point of what we're, we're talking about today is, is the way that these issues intersect and connect. Um, older people's housing issues aren't separable from LGBTI issues, and they're not separable from the, you know, not only the colonial violence, but the hypocrisy of the Andrews government, which, you know, talks about being the most progressive government in the state, but is happy to, you know, sort of perpetuate this sort of cultural genocide, is happy to be the lowest spending government when it comes to social and public housing uh, in Australia, you know, well under half of what that's what, what comparable states are spending. Um, th these issues are all connected and standing together is, is what will let us uh, win housing justice and all the other kinds of justice that we need in this state. Um, yeah. That said, that said, I also think it's important for people to realise that you can hold two contradictory thoughts in your mind at the same time. It's possible to think that it's okay that Dan did what he did for the pandemic, but also, you know, isn't doing so great. And we need to, in other areas like not just the embassy, but a whole bunch of stuff, including public housing. So, yeah, it's all right. We are allowed to be critical before we start getting texts and emails to the negative there. Well, do you think 3CR listeners are going to complain that we're being too harsh on Dan Andrews as he chops down sacred, sacred Aboriginal birthing trees? You never know. And it's only built 27 of the promised public housing units, by the way, as well. 27 is... of the 1,000 promised, I, I think. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And that was exposed so... in the Guardian this week. So good on you, Guardian, for keeping it real. It's a shame it's not a nice round number or we could have represented it in donuts. Anyway, we're almost out of time. Um, if you want to get in touch with HAG, um, either to get involved in some older people's housing advocacy work or because you're an older person with housing issues that you want to talk about, uh, our number is 1300 765 178. Uh, that number again is 1300 765 178. Check us out on Facebook, oldertenants.org.au um, or uh, tune in the second and fourth Wednesday of every month 
to hear more about older people's housing issues. Um, Fiona, are we going to leave them with a song? Yes, I'm prepared this time. You can't spring it on me. Um, I have a song which I think is quite appropriate. It's called Help the Poor and it's BB King live at the Apollo. So go out with that now. Okay, but next month you got to play Tori Amos for me. Okay, I'll find Tori Amos. Right. Okay. See ya. See you later.